Today we are continuing our six round Chargers mock draft and we are trying to find value on day three and I even ended up with the nephew of all-time Chargers legend LaDainian Tomlinson. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now together. This is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. But today, David, we're continuing rounds four through six of our Chargers six-round mock draft after really filling the same needs, edge rusher, wide receiver, and safety. Yesterday, we have a lot of needs to fill, and I started with a five foot seven cornerback, as if Asante Samuel Jr. wasn't enough as a small cornerback in the Chargers secondary. With the last name of Tomlinson, I had to check him out. You ended up going and finding your tight end, and I think like after days one and two, a tight end you can get excited about, especially with the athletic profile that he brings to the table. And you also were able to double dip at wide receiver, David, something we've been talking about a lot. Hey, maybe the Chargers should take two wide receivers. We'll talk tomorrow about Jalen Guyton every day. Tomorrow, we're back talking about Jalen Guyton signing and how that kind of affects the draft. But you were able to double dip and bring really two, I think, different aspects to the table with both the receivers. And you were able to find your own corner that you liked a lot. So we're going to get into that. First, we have to start with pick four in the fourth round, pick 125. First, we had last yesterday's show, Miles Murphy and Jordan Addison in the first round. I had Miles Murphy, you had Addison. Second round, I went Mims, you went Sidney Brown. And third round, I went Quan Martin and you went Zach Harrison. So we filled all the needs there. I ended up going with a corner because it's something I think is a need for the Chargers that we don't maybe talk about enough, just with the uncertainty of Michael Davis in 2024 with JC Jackson coming back from that injury. And David, when you see a last name Tomlinson, right, like that's going to get me to watch your film, even if you're like a borderline undrafted free agent. And I wasn't, you know, upset that I did it, but I had to give him the shot. Well, and there's been some Tomlinsons in the NFL that have not been related to Ladanian right. Tomlinson, but that is not the case with this particular prospect. This is a direct re- uh, descendant of Ladanian Tomlinson. So, of course, as a Chargers show, as Chargers analysts, there's no way we could have gone through this draft prep without taking a look at a family member of the Hall of Famer, Ladanian Tomlinson. And that's not to say that he didn't get here on his own merit, right? I mean, this is a guy that could go before the fourth round pick for the Chargers. Dane Brugger has him as a fourth or a fifth round pick, mostly because of his size. And let's just get that red flag out of the way right off the bat. Yeah. Five, seven and a half, and I'm giving him the half because he needs it. 178 <laughs> pounds, only 29 inch arms. But he plays so much bigger than that. And he plays such an attractive style, especially after watching Asante Samuel Jr. Right, and falling yeah. for him once upon mm-hmm. a time. And he was our favorite second round pick that year, yeah. you know. And it all came to fruition. He has a lot of those same intangibles, right? Like has the feistiness, wants to compete in the running game, even though he's a lot smaller. He wants to make plays on the football, even with his short arms, right? 18 passes defense in 2022 alone. And I think one of the other big things as far as the stats I saw that really impressed me about him, besides just being able to watch him and kind of watch 
how he gets around being 5'7", right? Deep balls against him, targeted 20-plus yards down the field 24 times, only allowed five catches and a 31.6 rating, according to PFF. And it was just nice to see that back up the few games I did get to watch where he wasn't really allowing a lot of big plays. He was making a difference in run defense, even though at times he can get swallowed up by receivers because he's 5'7". But it is there's something about that, you know, little spunky player david that can kind of work around what he doesn't have size right and makes up for it in heart (laughs) yeah absolutely and and you need that i mean if you're going to be that size there's a couple of things that you have to have if you want to make it the nfl level you got to have that heart you got to have some raw athleticism and you have to have some speed and he definitely brings that to the table and he doesn't allow his diminutive stature to affect how he plays the game because he plays a physical brand of football even at his size he does not play that size he is ready to run you over and he will do it and so i i, I love when that it's aspect. funny because i think it does like affect him but it kind yeah. of affects him in a positive way where like he right. is always trying to make up for it i Chip think on his shoulder place, man it hits him in a negative way, David. Yeah. 14 penalties, right? Like yeah. the chip on the shoulder has to be reined in a little right. bit. Like you need it at that size. You kind of have to be like that. But like yes. that is one part where it's like, I love it. But 14 penalties in one season, even with yeah. that crazy, you know, even though your whole career, you're only allowed to pass a rating of 54.6. Harder to get around with 14 penalties. You're right. You're right. But also we have to consider this. He did win the Jim Thorpe Award sure. for the 2022 season, which for those out there who don't know, it. that is the award for the best defensive back in college football. So that is a tremendous accomplishment, yeah. especially for his size. That's everyone. That's showing everyone that despite how big he was, his play was 10 times that size. Yeah, and I mean, it would be interesting, you know, if we were using FanDuel to make a bet on, like, where this dude is going to get drafted. It would be hard to say where it's going to be just because he has so much talent. But he has those, you know, obvious things against him, right? Sure. I think for the Chargers, he fills an immediate need for you at slot corner, right, even though he played a ton outside at TCU. Long-term, you know, outside, I don't know how much he helps you there. Sante Sammy Jr. you already have playing out there. So we know the Chargers will make an exception for a tiny corner. This sure. one's even tinier, though. If we were making a FanDuel bet, though, I would bet that this dude finds a way to have some role in the NFL, though. Like it just he he's gonna make it happen at five foot seven and a half. Like he, you know, he might be this big, but man, that dude plays such a, an attractive, fun kind of style of football. Who did you end up going with in fourth round? In the fourth round, yeah. So from five foot seven to six foot seven, I am going <laughs> to tight end Zach Kuntz, who happens to be from Old Dominion and also happens to be the highest rated RAS athlete in RAS's entire history of evaluating tight ends. That is a perfect ten point <laughs> RAS score. Six foot seven, two hundred and fifty five pounds, a four. Five five forty time, yeah. And this guy has thirty four inch arms. That's like elite left tackle size arms. Truly, like, like, that's longer than Rashawn Slater yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is is fantastic. I mean, tr- truly ridiculous. Uh, really enjoy the fact that he's comfortable from multiple different alignments in the slot, in line, out wide. Very fairly quick off the line of scrimmage for a guy his size. Like he does create some separation that way. Also, really love the head fake like it's nasty like he uses that in his routes to create some separation and it definitely works also this is a player daniel that plays with some emotion 
plays with some swagger out there. He's having a good time. He's enjoying the fact that he's playing a kid's game. Mm. And although he's not a phenomenal blocker at this point in time in his career, he has all of the makeup and all the tools necessary to be a good blocker. He has that length that I talked about. He has some very good strength, and he has the frame to turn into a very good blocker with some good coaching at the next level. Yeah, and that's the frame part is important too because it's like, and you see guys a lot, and you want to just be like, okay, well, this dude could put on 10 pounds, right? Or yeah. he could lose 20 pounds or whatever the case is. And a lot of time, like, you know, there's certain dudes who are like, as rocked up as they could possibly be like they've yeah. completely filled out whatever that frame is and you can get no bigger than that right he's a guy where his whole game is kind of like that where he's just you know you're hoping you're getting a, a moldable ball of clay where it's like i can take this athleticism and make it actually look like he's that that, that athletic right because oh, like yeah. i don't think he lived up to that athleticism on tape right i didn't watch him on tape and say oh my god that is the most athletic person I've ever seen play that position. I just didn't, <laughs> right? But we know he has it to some yeah. extent. And, and game speed and combine speed are totally different at times. And it it's is. not like he's slow by any means. He's very, no. very fast. He is very, very athletic. And I think the nice thing is, is you've seen moments of being a good run blocker. Yeah, and that, oh, definitely. That encourages you. Moments yes. of him actually moving people off the line of scrimmage and yeah. not just being a directional blocker. So, like, some guys, all they're ever going to be is I can get in front of you. I might be able to slightly, slightly turn you, yeah. whatever, whatever. This is a dude that it's like, okay, well, I could see him being able to move people. I could see him being able to be a competent blocker and, and, oh, yeah. and have the strength to do that, right? And even though he's kind of average in separation right now, even though he's kind of an average route runner right now, yeah. Those are all things that with that athleticism, I think, especially in the fourth round, those are the, the traits you're trying to bet on. Absolutely. I mean, you're looking, obviously, in the middle rounds of the draft, you understand that guys are going to have flaws. I mean, and you're not necessarily looking at that aspect of it. You're looking at what does this guy have right now that I can maximize mm -hmm. and I can accentuate and I can really unlock at the NFL level. Do I have the coaches that are going to be able to develop this player into what he possibly can be? And when you have all of that athleticism, your ceiling is so much higher than if you don't. I agree. And that's what you're, you're trying to bet on. Everyone, you're betting on traits to some extent because nobody's a finished product. Everyone's going to be a work in progress. Absolutely. But with what you have in the tight end and where you're deciding to take one, you're not getting one of those blue chip guys in this draft class. You want to get a guy who can potentially turn into that with Donna Parham on a two-year contract and no real production to this point in his career. That's meaningful. And Gerald Everett heading into the last year of his contract. If you're going to wait, and there's not many people I'd want to wait and end up with other than him. I ended up getting a guy later on. I went a different direction with it. I ended up going, Hey, if I'm not going to get an elite pass catcher, I'm going to get somebody who I think can be meaningful as a run blocker later on in the draft just to try to round out that room but if you're looking for the guy who might be able to someday turn into that guy hey maybe these are the traits you're trying to bet on to see if that can happen right i don't i don't blame that at all but we have more fun to get into david is going to later on double dip at wide receiver but i had a running back i'm very very excited about who had four separate games in 2022 where he had at least 160 plus yard carry <laughs> think about that for a second so we're going to get in him and why I make a bet on him. But first, I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that is FanDuel. 
Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back right now, guys, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's right, because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So many great things to bet on on FanDuel. Right now, guys, I don't need to tell you. Also, the NBA playoffs are going on, and they have been nuts so far. The NHL playoffs are going on, and it's probably the gnarliest playoffs that there are. And a lot more fun to watch if you're a football fan if you're using FanDuel. So don't miss out on your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Let's get into round five for the Chargers, David. We've only had one fifth-round pick so far last week with our five-round Chargers mock draft. And we went a different direction with it this week. Two new fifth-round picks for us. Who did you end up going with in the fifth round, knowing what you have so far? You covered the big three. You got an edge rusher. You got a wide receiver. You got a tight end, right? You even added a little safety into the mix there. Who'd you end up going with in the fifth round? Yeah, so going in the fifth round here, I am looking for someone who can add to my wide receiver room that's going to kind of double as a guy who can be your next punt and kick returner Um, because I don't feel like that guy is in the building, even with the chargers bringing back Jalen Guyton. I feel like this is a year where the chargers very well could and should carry six wide receivers. So with that being said, my next pick is Parker Washington out of Penn state. Parker Washington is a smaller receiver. He's five foot nine, 204 pounds, only 29-inch arms, so the, obviously that's going to limit the catch radius, but man, was this guy fun to watch. I mean, you put on the tape, and this is another guy that plays much bigger than what he is. Also, like I said, has that punt and kick return experience. He's slippery, and he's truly, truly tough. Like, I mean, he is really, really hard to get on the ground. When he's got the ball in his hands, a lot of people say he's a wide receiver and a running back's body. Like, this guy does not care about taking punishment. He will go over the middle fearlessly. He's really strong, and he's only had eight drops and 154 catchable targets, which is fantastic. Very, very sure-handed there. Uh, Hmm. Despite his size, I feel like he is competitive when he has to be asked to go up and get the football. He can do it. I mean, he's a lot smaller, but, you know, he doesn't let that stop him. He has a pretty good vertical and he shows it. Also, he is a creator in space. He's a guy that uh, was featured a lot with those quick passes, with the screen game. He had 15 missed tackles forced last season alone and 6.3 yards per route run which uh, after the catch, excuse me, uh, really fun player to watch. Parker Washington, a guy you add to your room as a gadget type of guy and a guy that's going to bring that special teams ability that you should be looking for at this point in the draft. Yeah, that is one place, even if he's not a speedster, it would have been interesting. He got injured, so we didn't get to see what that 40 time would be. And now it would have been really interesting for Parker Washington. Uh, Yeah, 6.3 yards after the catch per reception, right? So he helps your yak game. That's according to the beast. Dane Brugler had that in there. This is the thing. So, like, you ended up going in the first round with Jordan Addison. We're doing these mocks just kind of trying to give an idea of who's going to be around in all of these rounds, right? So, like, for me, I think with Jordan Addison, I probably go, hey, I try to find speed, right? And and try to match him with speed. But, like, 
say we mixed our mocks, right? Like, I think this is a dude who would kind of go well along with like Marvin Mims, right? Who doesn't yeah. bring a lot after the catch and a little bit more slight. One of the things I like, even though Parker Washington's only five foot nine, he weighs 205 pounds. Yeah. So he's substantive. He's thick. He's compact. He has a frame Definitely. that can. So you're not, he's not, I mean, Jalen Hyatt's six foot one and 171 pounds. Right. So like this dude has the frame to kind of, last and be a little bit more durable you're not worried about that part of it like you are with some of these a ton of these sub five foot ten wide receivers in this draft yeah. that are all tiny and weigh 180 pounds or he's less, hard right? to bring down man like he, he is not he a is. guy that goes down on initial contact like he he fights through the first tackle even the second tackle i mean he, he relishes really, contact is one of the really notes does. i have yeah yes. I, I have that and uh, this was another good note from dame brugler right kind of a gamer two of his best three games were against ohio state when the lights yep. were bright this dude found a way to come through. He's not a burner. I think sometimes as a route runner, he takes some unnecessary steps. I think that's something that can get cleaned up a little bit. But really, really good ball security, especially when making low catches, able to get his hands underneath the ball. Great body control and adjusts very well to the football and really yeah. does attack the football when it's in the air like someone who's a lot taller than five foot nine. And I really yeah. appreciated that about Parker Washington. For me, in the sixth round, in the fifth round for this one, I ended up going with... Dwayne McBride, running back from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. So he was, I think, the 193rd ranked prospect on the draft network. So not a lot of consensus for a guy who did exactly what you want him to do for a guy coming from smaller competition, right? If you're going to be from a smaller school, I want to see you dominating. Yeah, you better be the shark, right? Exactly. This is a guy that has a lot of experience in outside outside zone running schemes, and I like the fit for this guy. Maybe he's not a fit for every team, but with what Kellen Moore is bringing to the table, I'm looking for, even though this guy is not the most explosive, he doesn't have the best top-end speed, he's not a home run hitter, didn't get testing numbers from him because of a hamstring injury, it's a dude who just gets chunk plays, and he doesn't have any of the elite traits probably. We'll see what happens, but... Four separate games with a 60-plus yard carry in 2022 alone. His career, he averaged 7.4 yards per carry. I watched him against Georgia. I thought he held his own when the entire offensive line got swallowed into the belly button of Jordan Davis when those two teams messed, <laughs> went together in that game. Also, 4.6 yards post-contact, according to Dane Brugler, number one in the FBS. That's an insane number. So I, he runs really hard. When he finds the gap, he finds a way to create chunk yardage, and he breaks a ton of tackles. All things that really, really attract me to someone like this, especially if he was able to realistically fall to the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, a typical running back build, 5'10", 209, I mean, uh, thereabouts. I mean, that's the, the, the kind of size that you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, just about that, yeah. Yeah, for a running back here, a guy who, who runs with really good power, which is one of the kind of elements I, I would say that you don't really have very much of in the Chargers running back room. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely something. 1,072 been... yards after contact in 2022. He had a 1,000 yard season just after guys hit him. Yeah, <laughs> like which, which which really speaks to his excellent contact balance. Yeah, and the power that he runs with, he brings yeah. that to the table. I think if you're looking for some things to work on, the receiving skills, uh, I think is probably something that you can definitely, uh, you know, get some help. Yeah, he's got a little bit smaller hands. Five but. career receptions, David. Yeah. He does have smaller hands. He has five career receptions. That's yeah. nothing. 
That's nothing. Yeah, Literally. yeah. I mean, obviously, when you start from nothing, you can only go up from there. So the receiving chops, obviously, is not but like Isaiah Spiller can catch. Like Isaiah Spiller can catch. Austin Eckler is great. So can Josh receiving. Kelly. Yeah, all your running backs you have right now have pretty good hands. So yeah. if you bring one into the building that is more of just a guy who's going to run you over, that is fine by me. I mean, I've been yeah. looking for that type of prototype. There's been a lot of Charger fans that have been looking to add that type of guy to the running back room. So I feel like this is a guy that could fit very well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And this is a project, right? A little bit. Sure. It's the fifth round. You're going somewhere later. I didn't go fourth round because that's the last two you know, times the Chargers picked. You know, Fourth round running backs were still waiting to see on Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. Didn't go sixth round where they took Larry Roundtree. Tried to find the sweet spot. <laughs> right in the middle. Didn't, you know, didn't go Bijan early on, right? I wanted to find someone I feel I could have some upside I don't think he's athletically going to be enough to totally woo with a lot of teams. I think a lot of teams are going to be like, hey, I don't care that you averaged 155.7 yards per game and led the FBS. I mean, you should. You know, you're not for me. <laughs> I don't care that you had 32 touchdowns over the last two years. All those things are probably why he goes before the fifth round. But some places, like I've said, have him ranked way, way lower and don't trust what he did against more competition. I'd be willing to take a flyer on it. I liked a lot of what I saw from him. But we have a couple more guys we want to get into, including me finding my tight end but going in a very different direction. You went with the most athletic tight end ever to come out of college into the draft, and I went with definitely not that. But you were able to find a, a corner that I think would get a lot of people excited because he absolutely looks the part of a corner you would get excited about. We're going to get into that coming up after this. All right, David, taking our first crack at the sixth round for the Chargers, but this is not all the draft coverage you guys are going to be getting this week. And even though I appreciate you making us your first listen today, the everydayers know there will be more for the rest of the week is the only daily Chargers podcast out there, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So that's why you're going to want to make sure you're here tomorrow because we're going to be breaking down the Jalen Guyton signing and how that is going to affect the Chargers and what they end up doing in the draft. And really the main point being still has to be more than that. Maybe we'll mix in some fan mail questions as well, but later on in the week, we're going to keep tomorrow and the next day because we're going deep into the positions that matter in this draft class. We're breaking down our favorite edge rushers on Friday and our favorite wide receivers on Thursday before we get into our final mock draft on Monday, our ideal seven-round mock draft that we're going to be spending all weekend doing. But now we're going into our first option at six for the Chargers in the sixth round. Haven't talked about six-round picks yet, David. Who did you end up finding late? Yeah, so late in this draft, uh, I was looking for uh, something on the defensive side, and, and you know that led me to cornerback Alex Austin out of Oregon State. And just like Daniel said earlier when he was kind of teasing this segment, this is a guy who looks every bit the part of the corner that you're looking for. Six foot one, 195 pounds, so good height, good weight there. 31.78 inch arms as well. I think the only aspect that you would I guess like to see a little bit more of is the speed only a four or five three on yeah. the 40 time there I think that's maybe a little bit underwhelming but good height good weight good length for that cornerback position also those are all things that the Chargers covet if you look at the type of cornerbacks that they like to bring into the building a fluid mover I think he does a really good job of stay, staying in phase with wide receivers it doesn't seem like he has very much trouble also has a sprinter background which really shows itself whenever you know receivers are trying to get deep on him he has no trouble keeping up with them so even though there's a four five three forty there uh, on in that particular test game speed wise i feel like he is able to keep up he is a willing tackler he's not afraid to mix it up um also intangibles wise 
very, very high up on that. He actually created his own scholarship fund for oh, students cool. and is called Overcoming Adversity, which that is really cool. I mean, just to be able to do something, even you're in that area for a temporary amount of time, to be able to make a permanent impact with something like that is fantastic. Also, for INTs, um, so he does have some ball skills. Over the does last have two some, years. Too, right, yeah. over the last two years. So he does have some ability to take the football away. Yeah, I like that. I, this is a guy that on paper, you, especially with like the mid four fives forty, you could get scared away from a little sure. bit for sure. Uh, the weird thing about it though is his ten yard split was actually really really good, even though pretty much everywhere else he scored very averagely. I mean, very poor agility grades for him. Not really fast, at least as far as top end speed, and not super quick, I would say. But when you watch him, it it was nice to see kind of how he made up for a lot of that. I mean, he does have 21 passes defense over the last two years. Yeah. So he makes plays on the football when he's there. There right. are times, though, when it does seem like he needs a little bit of a gather step when he's trying to come back to the football when guys get separation against him. Sure. Right? That is something where I saw it indefinitely translated there. Him and Trey Tomlinson, both dudes play a little too much patty cake. Even though both dudes are willing to come up and fill in the run game, both dudes just get caught too much at times with wide receivers who have no business staying out there with them, especially a dude yeah. this size. Get that wide receiver off you, get involved in the play, right? I hate right. when I, I see good dudes doing that. Something that is correctable, though, right? That's not a, sure. a death sentence by any means. But very physical player for sure. I mean, I think in a lot of ways. And when he was able to stay connected, definitely made plays at the catch point and definitely yeah. liked that about him. Another guy, hey, 13 penalties over the last two seasons. That is something, David, where both these guys, it's like, okay, you like the physicality, and there's a lot of corners we see like this, but it's something that just you're just never going to be able to get away with at the NFL level. No, you're not. But the later and later you get into in, into these drafts, the more and more you're going to find guys that have sure you're trouble looking for correctable with, stuff with, with six right, round with penalties. Right, exactly. So again, totally. you're looking for traits. You're looking for things that you feel like can, can project and. He has that in spades. He has the those those projectable measurables that you're looking for. And yeah, penalties, you don't like to see that, but that is correctable. So I mean, I think when you get him with the NFL coaches, you get you know, those secondary coaches that the Chargers have, I feel like that's definitely something they can iron out. I mean, physically we went totally opposite directions for the corners we took today, that's for sure. Six foot yeah. one <laughs> one side, five foot seven and a half on the other side. I I get it. I mean, definitely traits you could work with. Honestly, his RAS to me looked a lot like Michael Davis without really the top speed, which is obviously sure. Michael Davis's is right. four, three, four guy. three guy. Yeah. This guy's a four, four five guy, guy yeah. you know. But the thing to me wasn't even about him being fast enough to keep up with the receivers. I thought he just played it really well by just getting in front of receivers. That's the one thing like corners don't do enough is using their body to get yeah. in front of the receiver because guess what? They can't run faster than you if they're behind you. One right. Thing it's it's kind of hard to run through you. Totally. And this dude yeah. has a big body. And one yeah. thing I saw him do is he would stack the receivers, right? He yeah. had the receivers on his back. Maybe that comes back to haunt you a little bit and back shoulder throws and some things guys can do at the next level for sure. sure. But I really was impressed by his ability to get on top of receivers and never let him. Because I think if he had to chase, he'd be in trouble a little bit. Sure. He never really put himself in that where he right. had to Make be the desperate. receiver make the play, right? I mean, make yeah. it as difficult as possible to, to make the play. And you got to put your yeah. body in front of him, do it. In the few and, games and he does we're do that. Now. 
too. That we're able to watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many games we get to watch. But in the few games, that was something I saw. I was like, okay, well, that makes me less worried about just the not elite top end speed. Right. I'm going to wrap us up here with a not exciting pick, but I like the way that it filled out my draft. Somebody that we watched and talked very, very slightly about during the tight end show. And I ended up with Payne Durham. The Purdue tight end, six foot five, two hundred and fifty three pounds. You should just write that in the dictionary for tight end, right? Yeah. Six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. That's the prototype. Thirty three point four inch arms. Another guy, David, that has the arm length that you know. I think as Dan Brugler put it, would make some offensive linemen jealous, right? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some offensive linemen out there that are tackles that are like, if I just had Payne Durham's arms, yeah. I could play tackle at the NFL level. Seriously. This is what I liked about him. First thing first, out of the later guys, he was the best in-line blocker that I found. That's what really, really attracted me. It's a six-round pick. He's probably somewhere around five or six. Maybe he doesn't make it this far, but I wanted to be able to talk about him here if the Chargers go a different direction and trying to round out that tight end room later on. I trust Gerald Ever as a receiver somewhat, right? And and I already got an explosive receiver in Marvin Mims earlier. So I've I've addressed some of that explosiveness. What I feel like I'm getting here is a guy that shows a lot of ability as a blocker and has the physicality to kind of hang at the NFL level seemingly right now. Yeah. Has enough in the receiving chops for a guy who runs mid four eights. I think he's not a super exciting guy in that regard, right? Right. But I feel like a guy that blocked well enough to where I could say, hey, it's not me taking Trey McKitty in the third round and hoping he's a great blind ten end, right? This is me taking Payne Durham in the sixth round, feeling like he does fit kind of what Kellen Moore wants to do as far as being a blocker, but brings enough to the table with a big catch radius, very comfortable hands catcher, some impressive catches in traffic because he doesn't get a ton of separation that I'm worth taking a flyer on him late. Well, I mean, when I watch Payne Durham, I like the quick release. Yeah, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he does get off the line of scrimmage pretty quickly, and that that does help help <laughs> him does. out a little bit. Um, I feel like he's got to work on the accuracy when he's traveling to block. You know, the uh, you know in space, in, in space yeah. especially, um, and he's much better when he gets to deliver the blow yeah. versus him having Taking to it. absorb the blow. He definitely gives some ground a little bit when he's having to do that. But when he gets to be the aggressor, he's definitely at his best. And he is very, very impactful in that situation. Also, he keeps working for his quarterback. I remember a play where, you know, he, his quarterback was you know rushed out of the pocket. He stayed with it, stayed available and was able to make a play and extend a drive for his quarterback. Also pretty strong hands made a pretty nice over the shoulder catch for a touchdown against Wisconsin that uh, I enjoyed as well. So he definitely brings some uh, things that you want to the table, not an uh, uh, athletic freak here, but sure. that's not exactly what you're looking to add to this tight end room with the way it's been set up. You're looking for a guy that's going to improve that blocking ability. He's going to do that day one, and he does have some receiving chops that can get better at the NFL level. So, yeah. Yeah, and like I think he's a much more natural receiver than someone like Darnell Washington. Doesn't have yeah, the definitely. strength and force, but like – isn't as far away from being kind of that dude as an inline blocker, you know, no, that you can not. have out there and, you know, it's polished enough. I, mm-hmm. I think when we first talked about him, I told you that I, he kind of runs like Gronk did, but like after Gronk's like 17 surgeries, like he's definitely lumbering <laughs> for sure. He's a load. He's a hard yeah. board to bring down for sure. I don't think that I, I, that doesn't translate always well to the NFL. It's like a steam engine, man. So, you know, pick up speed and hard to hard to stop, hard to bring down. Yeah. So, I mean, it, he definitely showed enough where I'd be willing to try to round out that tight end room and, and give me someone that I, I'm not necessarily ever looking for him to be tight end one. Right. right. 
But if yeah. I can turn him into a tight end too, a a good, you know, blocker as in a passable receiver. Yeah. That's a great six round pick, man. You know, absolutely. So that's the kind of thing. A guy that's probably going to factor in on special teams as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a great call on that as well. But I like the way these turned out. You ended up getting that double dip on receiver. We got to talk about a couple of safeties that we like. Both of us were able to address, you know, edge and wide receiver on days one and two, which I think you want to hit at least two of those three out of the trifecta of tight end yeah. edge rusher, right? And tight end edge rusher and wide receiver. So I really like the way these kind of played out. I like some of the value that we got later on in days Aaron rounds four, five, and six here. It's very exciting. I'm excited to do kind of our ideal one next week now that we yes. have this all online. Thank you to everyone who checked us out and made us your first listen today and stuck with the second half of the mock draft. And this is just the beginning of the week because the everydayers know we are here every day and we will be back with you guys tomorrow. I want to talk about this Jalen Guyton thing, a couple of other things, maybe some stuff that Brandon Staley had to say as well in his first public appearance in a while. But Thursday the wide receiver show talking about the wide receivers we like the most and getting into some guys we haven't got to talk about yet so far and the guys we think are the best fits for the Chargers on days one two and three before the edge rusher show on Friday and that's all going to culminate in the seven round Chargers mock draft starting next week because next week is draft week and it's coming close and you guys are going to want to make sure you're here for it and to make sure you don't miss it make sure you're following or subscribing for free on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcast from you can also find the show every day on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's page at LockedOnLAC. You guys can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We might have to throw some things in tomorrow from some fan mail stuff. Maybe we get some fan mail questions in tomorrow. You can call into the voicemail line, as always, at 323-524-7924. But, hey, we're going to keep grinding out this film Long part of the year for us, for sure, but we like doing it, and it's always fun when we can come together and have a good energy, fun show like the one we had tonight. So thank you, guys. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy, and go Bolts.